we are expected to be so much as moms and focus solely on our kids. And I hate that. Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these moms write. Hey moms, are you struggling to get your writing started or struggling to get it done? There can be a lot to juggle when you're a mom and a writer. And today's episode is just jam-packed full of insights to help you with both. Megan Clancy is an award-winning women's fiction writer with a master's degree in creative writing. She recently left her career as a high school English teacher to become a full-time writer and book coach specializing in, you guessed it, moms. There are a lot of unique challenges that we face as moms trying to build our writing careers. And I think the fact that Megan conducted this interview while sick and hiding from her kids in another room just speaks to the fact that she understands those challenges intimately and how to help. Please welcome Megan Clancy. Hello, Megan. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast today. Hi, Jackie. It's awesome to be here. I'm really excited to chat with you. Awesome. Awesome. So you are a writing coach, especially for moms, which is super exciting. So what are you most excited about right now? What am I most excited about right now? Um, I have a couple clients doing NaNoWriMo and, you know, getting them prepped and ready. Some people are very hesitant about embarking on some of them. This is their first time they're writing their book. And they're like, I'm going to do NaNoWriMo. And I'm like, great, let's, <laughs> let's get you as ready as we can. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at business-wise. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Okay. I want to hear your whole business journey, but I am curious, how does one get ready for NaNoWriMo? Um, a lot of planning from personal experience and from people that I know that just jumped into it and like, I'm going to write a story. You spend the first week of it just panicked about like, what do I want to write and how do I do it? And so a, you're already a week behind in just like a quarter of the way through and you have nothing. And B, you end up with just a lot of words, but very scattered and no focus. And a lot of them are very unusable. So yeah, I think to be the most effective and prepared for NaNoWriMo, you have to have your premise, have your main idea, have your main character and like what their arc and motivation is going to be just so you have some focus mm-hmm. when you start writing. I think the most important thing, whether you're doing NaNoWriMo or not, is when you start your story, you need to know what your point is going to be. What are you trying to say? So that anytime you're like, I don't know where the scene is going or what this strain of thought is leading to, just as long as everything focuses back to that point, that's, that's a good guiding light for anything. And then, yeah, just a lot of... Uh, put your head down and get the words on the page. There's, there's a lot of sacrifice of uh, external events that goes on during November. If you're participating, that is not a sustainable writing style over the year, but for the month, it's, it's a fun challenge. Yeah. Wow. I'm always impressed by people that do NaNoWriMo. I like what you said about getting over the panic. I think that would really 
Panic during October <laughs> before it starts. Exactly. Panic sober NaNoWriMo. Okay, so tell me, you, you specialize in coaching specifically moms. Mm-hmm. So how did that career path come about for you? The pandemic happened at the same time that I gave birth to my second child and was very much lost to postpartum depression, anxiety, all that glorious stuff that um, is very common and no one wants to talk about, but also during a pandemic. So you're feeling very isolated. And at the same time, like one of the first things that I had to jettison in my life was writing, which was a horrible mistake because that's always been like one of my key forms of therapy is just writing and being able to escape onto the page. Um, So losing that, fortunately, I realized quite quickly that I needed that back in my life. Um, But with very little time, it was hard Mm -hmm. to fit in, plus feeling so isolated as as a new mom. Um, for my second one, it was like, I'd lost all my mom friends and I'd lost all my writer friends and I didn't really know where to go. And fortunately there was a massive community online specifically like Twitter had the mom's writers club, which I found this great group of people. Um, and they were kind of my lifeline through this whole thing. And this idea of like all the struggles, listening to everyone's struggle of how, how am I managing being a mom and a writer in this crazy world we're in? Um, and at about the same time, I learned about book coaching and realized like this was a thing and <laughs> got really excited about like, oh, I can sit around and talk to people about their stories all day. This sounds fantastic. <laughs> so when I started working through book coaching certification and realizing like, yeah, this is the profession for me. Um, one of the big things they talk about is like, what's going to be your niche? And mm. I think I realized what my niche was going to be before I even finished the course in that like. I want to work with women who are going through the same thing that I've gone through. All these, all these people who supported me, like now I have this new way that I can go back and support them and just um, coming at it with the same understanding of like, I've worked with mothers who, you know, it's the same thing as me. They lost their creativity in childbirth or they're, you know, had to give up a lot of something. And now they're at a point in their time when they want to get it back. Or I've worked with moms who like had never written in their life. And something in motherhood inspired them like, oh, this is like, I can be creative in this way, or it's something that I've never done before, but I've always wanted to do. And now I feel emboldened to do this. And so, yeah, I think it was, that's what led me to wanting to specifically work with mothers is I feel like it's a very underrepresented and unappreciated group of people. Like we are expected to be so much as moms and focus solely on our kids. And I hate that. (laughs) I don't think that's healthy for anyone involved in the situation. You, your kids, your partner, whoever it is, like you need your, you need that part of your life. That's not mom. That's not wife. That's not anything else, but you and your creativity. And so I just want to be there to encourage and, and work with those type of writers, because I think moms have a lot of stories to tell. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so interesting that some of the moms through motherhood itself, they get that creative spark. Mm. And then some moms, it's motherhood that kind of snuffs it out a little bit. Absolutely. Then they have to find it again. What was your journey? One of those two? Yeah, it was the, the snuffing it out. Like I said, um, just, more than anything, it wasn't that the, that the desire wasn't there. It was that the time and the energy mm. wasn't there. I mean, with my first child, I was still able to um, squeeze in writing time when he was napping and and figured out a good routine for us. But when 
baby number two came along and baby number one wasn't napping anymore yeah. and we had no breaks from each other stuck inside with pandemic stuff and everything just didn't have the energy or the focus or the anything to keep going with writing so yeah that it took me a while to get back to it but like I said having having that community of women that were there to to support me through it was very essential mm-hmm. yeah that's cool that you found uh a community on Twitter. And I'm always fascinated by where these different mom writing communities are springing up. What challenges, like commonalities, do you see in your in your mom clients? Time is one of them. Mm. And very much interlaced with that is absolutely above all, number one is mom guilt. And just mm. this idea of, I'm supposed to be focused on my kids. I'm, I need to be with my kids. And so you have this this like every moment of my day needs to be focused on something to support them. And by the time you have any time to yourself, you're so exhausted that you have, you don't have the creative or emotional energy to sit down and write anything. And I think with a lot of motherhood and with that mom guilt comes like a self doubt of like, what right do I have to write a book? You start to get this feeling of I'm supposed to be one thing in this life. Because everything tells us that if you're a mom, you're supposed to be devoted to your children and you should come second. But if if you're always putting yourself second, it's that whole like you can't pour into other people's cups if you're not pouring into your own. And for me and for a lot of women, I know like writing is the best way to fill your cup. It's emotionally draining and exhausting and it's a lot of work, but it's also the way to fill your cup. Yeah, that's so fascinating because I I feel like the problem that I hear more often in Facebook groups and everything about moms lamenting is time. But do you think time is actually like a substitute for mom guilt? And maybe that is actually what is the real barriers? Yeah, because really, like, I mean, if you really want something, you make the time for it. If you... I mean, moms are notorious for if your kid says they really want to do something, you figure out a way to fit it into the schedule. You figure out a way to fit in everything to the schedule that doesn't have to do with you, right? Like your whole, you know, we're, we're, we tell ourselves like we're the chauffeur and the, the snack maiden and the everything because we fit our schedules around the needs and wants of our children. Mm-hmm. And so the time's there. You can make it happen. I mean... I know moms that sit in car pickup line, you get there 10 minutes early so you can write for 10 minutes in your car. Moms who, you know, use their phone to dictate when they're breastfeeding or Mm -hmm. you can find the pockets of time and you can make time. We've proved time and time again that we can make time for other people's needs. It's the uh, working to fit in your own needs and wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, the mom guilt is the thing because if you didn't feel like this wasn't an important and necessary thing, then you'd find a way to make time. It's kind of weird that there's an expectation that we should be focused on these other humans so much. What's that about? <laughs> there's a lot we can say about societal and cultural expectations of motherhood and Yeah. But that's kind of why I love working with mom writers is not only helping their stories grow, but helping them grow as writers and, and stepping into their own and taking claim of like, no, this is part of who I am. And this is why it deserves my attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then 
it sounds like mom guilt is like number one challenge. And what do you find helps your clients the most? I think the most important thing is to give what, when you decide to write this story, whatever story you want to write, set the intention for it. And like, what is, what is their point and the meaning Mm -hmm. and the significance of this story to you? Like, why is it important for you to write this story? Not write in general. Right. Why is it very important for you to write this specific story? And I recommend like posting that somewhere. If you have a space where you get to write, or if it's just like a post-it on your computer or something, but a specific thing that says why this story is important or significant, what's your intention behind it? Because if we set an intentionality for this project, it makes it important and necessary. Mm. It's not like, oh, maybe I'll make the time to write today. It's not that significant. No, I have to write this story. This is why it's important. And that can kind of, I mean, any mom that says she sits down at the keyboard and has no guilt over the, unless like kids are asleep, day is done. Yeah. But during the day, if there's other things that you can do and you don't feel guilty about not doing them, I doubt it. Like, there's always going to be that little hint of guilt of, oh, I should be doing this. But it makes it easier to focus on the story if you give it purpose and point and significance, because then it's not just some hobby or just some like for fun thing. It makes it important in your life. And it's a lot easier for us to wrap around our, our brains around the idea of, no, this is important. I have to do it. Mm. I like that. So writing down somewhere maybe where you can see the the purpose of the story. And then does that also help with the focus of like producing the story? Absolutely. Um, going like, yeah, you have your like, why do I have to write this story? <clears throat> why is it significant for me? And then having a point to the story, like, what is the point? What are you trying to say? And this is probably some very short cliche statement. Um, cliches are cliches for a reason and because they're used a lot. And so what is the point that always helps if you are writing a scene and you feel like it's going off track or you have a bunch of, of pages of words and you don't know if they're exactly saying what you want to say, Hmm. it helps you kind of veer back to where you should be. Everything in your story should be leading to that point. So it not only is helping you prioritize yourself and your writing but guiding you through the actual practice absolutely yeah and what about mom guilt like i feel like i'm i'm not we're not done with that topic yeah <laughs> why is there so much mom guilt what's happening like do you feel did how do you feel mom guilt absolutely like let's be honest my kids are are watching tv right now um (laughs) and they're sick so that makes me feel a little better like no they need to rest they don't need my attention they just need to relax and watch tv Mm -hmm. but i mean there's so much i mean it's hard i would say mom guilt has skyrocketed these days social Mm -hmm. media it's the ultimate like where i found great solace and comfort and community in social media. I also understand like the absolute mental horridness of it. If you get too deep and there is so much on social media or the internet or society in general that tells moms that you're doing it wrong. Like Mm. you're not, you're not doing X enough. You're not doing Y enough. You're doing Z too much. Um, Oh my God. I'm doing too much. Everyone's judged. Yeah. 
Actually, it's Zed over here because we're in Yes. <laughs> but it's just you're, you are constantly judged. And it's gotten to the point where all the external stuff isn't even necessary because the little voice in your head is telling you that you're doing this wrong and this right. And there's just so much expectation. And we can talk about, you know, patriarchy and the way we're raised as women and what we're led to believe. And But that's just amplified with moms. And it comes from other moms. Like we're told constantly by other moms how we should be doing it and how we shouldn't be doing it. Right. And it's just, it gets to the point where, ah, what? Why try anything? Because it's all the wrong thing. <laughs> so these days it's like, you know what? Mm. Do your thing the way you want to do it. And if you want to write a book while you're doing it, great. Let's work together and let's write a book. Let's write a book. Mm -hmm. We're going to write a book on mom guilt. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> on your journey, because before we started recording, you mentioned mm. you were a teacher. I and was. I was doing coaching so like why the change what, what happened for you oh um so I was a high school English teacher and just became very disillusioned with I mean I I'm in California and so the education system here as in America in general is not the best I think everyone's very aware and just kind of it was I tell people that I love teaching I hate being a teacher because mm -hmm. if it was just me and the kids, that would be great. Especially great if it could be me, the kids, and a creative writing unit for the entire year. Fantastic. Um, but when you have adults and administration and parents and all <laughs> the stuff that comes with being a teacher, it just, yeah. And I mean, we see these days, like teachers leaving the classroom in droves just because of, you're not even, you're not expected to teach anymore. You're expected to do everything else. Um, so yeah, but teaching and especially working with people on story was always a passion of mine. And I loved that part of teaching. I see. And so when I discovered book coaching, it was like, this is the perfect fit. This is, <laughs> this is where I should be. This is exactly what I love to do. So. And have you had mom guilt though in that process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is the mom guilt because you're like, this is going to take more time. And I definitely did most of my certification and all that work after hours. And it was, it was after hours, after bedtime. Um, and it was definitely draining, but I do see it as, and it's the same with being a mom writer, like in the long run, this is going to be the best for me and my kids because they'll see me working hard at something that I want to do. Mm. Um, and I'm being an individual, like, yeah, that's the best example that you can give them. Yeah. That's cool because your journey then to move into this space is really what you are working with your clients to foster is that, you know, do the work that fills your soul and, you know, you feel aligned with. And yes, that is going to mean dealing with mom guilt at times, yeah. but over the long run, you know, it's the thing that's going to make you a happy person and then a happy mom. Absolutely. Yeah. The, if you're completely devoted to your child, you're, you're unhappy, you're miserable. It's rubbing off on them. Yeah. And then what happens when like, say you spend 18 years, I don't want to start living my life once they leave for college or whatever else they're going to do. Like, 
that seems like such a waste and it's yeah just because you have a child doesn't mean you give up everything about yourself yeah tell us tell us a little bit more about the work you're doing with the moms yeah so I work with women at multiple stages in the book writing process I have women that come to me they're like I have this idea and I want to write a book and we brainstorm together and plan out the story and then proceed with the writing um or you know I've written half this manuscript and I feel lost and I need some direction and we go through what they've already written and then continue writing the story or women that, you know, I put together this first draft and it's 120,000 word rom-com and (laughs) is, is this okay? Is it ready to go? No, is the answer. Let's go back and revise. And we work together through revision, but yes, a lot of my coaching is, is the writing part, but the other part is just being, the accountability partner Mm. and the person's like, I get what you're going through. I understand it, not just from the writer point of view, but I understand what it means to want to be a writer and have this other major part of your life. Cause I think that was early on when I was trying to find that community as a new mom and a writer, I had mom friends who didn't understand like, Oh, if you're, if you're struggling so much, why don't you just stop writing for a while? And it's like, yeah, you can't. <laughs> and then I had writer friends that were like, well, you just have to focus and write. And it's like, well, <laughs> no, I have this other huge thing too. Yeah. So understanding, having someone in your corner, I know mom writers that their own spouse doesn't even know that they want to, or are trying to write a book. Um, or, you know, they've been told by so many people that you can't write a book or, you know, that that's silly. Why, why not? Why would you want to? Hmm. having someone that not only understands Hmm. your position as a mom and a writer, right. So I'm there to support you and I'm going to be the accountability partner because I know a lot of people, mothers or otherwise as writers, like having that deadline is such a driving force. Like you've got to get the words done. So I'll give you the deadline (laughs) if you want the deadline. But yeah. And how long have you been doing this? Since June, we just opened business at the start of June. Wow been lots of fun oh my gosh it's so it's so still so new Hmm. but I'm I can't imagine that it will ever not be exciting because it's like I get to I think personally for me as a writer one of my hardest things is like there's so many stories that I want to write and I there's never going to be enough time to write all these things so getting to support other people writing all their stories is kind of like a nice uh (laughs) pressure release yeah that sounds like awesome and and just in terms of like the business side, has it been harder or surprising, um, easier than you expected? I think the most surprising part was, and this is probably from the position of I'm a very young, not like my kids are young. So I'm not fully into like the, the flow of an average year. Um, in that, like, I was like, Oh, it's summertime. Let's, let's start off and everyone's going to jump on board and we'll get projects rolling. And so many moms are like, um, summertime is the least, <laughs> I have the least time in summer to do things. Okay. So there's definitely been an uptick, uptick since school started. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I have all this time now. I can write a book now that my kids are back in school. Yeah, so that was, That's been fun. But that has been one of, one of the things like definitely moms that are, you know, have always wanted to write a book or 
childbirth brought them into wanting to write a book, but you didn't have the time in the early years. Um, their kids are finally in school. And so some women that I've been working with, it's like, okay, your, your kid's finally back in school. You have the days and it's like, where do I begin? Right. <clears throat> How do I use this new time? And what should I do first to start writing this book? And to a lot of women, I said, you know, <clears throat> tomorrow's my kid's first day back at school. What should I like, what should I start on? Mm. Tomorrow's your kid's first day back in school. Stop. <laughs> take the day to yourself. Like take a bath, take a walk, take a, go have a coffee somewhere enjoy you for a second yeah and then we'll get into the writing and it's the baby steps right you like on the first day because it it's just like you know I was a former athlete and going to the gym if you haven't been in the gym in a while and you get back in there and you're like I'm gonna do exactly what I used to do and you do too much the first day and you're burnt out and it's like I can't I can't do that anymore so the first day that you sit down on your computer write see if you can write for a half hour hmm and then see how that goes for the week. And if you can up it a bit day by day, maybe you go into writing for an hour or two hours, whatever you have. And then you build a routine around that. Figure out what part of the day am I most productive? And how can I structure the rest of everything I want or need to do during the day around that time? Again, making the writing a priority and something that needs to get done. Yeah, that's some good advice. Because uh, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of the moms are coming to it either from the first time or after a big gap. So I think that's a great piece of advice for moms that are just starting, possibly very likely <laughs> first time. Yeah. Those baby steps. I think for me, I'm not sure why it took me so long to write my first novel that it was kind of disheartening. It took me, so I, my first novel took seven years from like first glimmer of idea to publication. And a lot of that was because I was a teacher and most of my writing was during like 20 minute lunch breaks at school. Mm. That's what, and so I kind of, even before children, I had this idea of like fitting in the writing when you can. Yeah. Yeah. And have you written since that first novel? I have written, let's see, three other novels. One is querying right now, which is another fun part of the process. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it's a, there's a lot. Of, I, I understand the process and I did indie publishing the first time and it wasn't the best experience uh, for multiple reasons. And so, yeah, I'm definitely... You know, I understand the the positives on, of indie publishing and the negatives, and I definitely want to focus on <clears throat> trying to go with an agent this next time. Mm. So yeah, and querying one and starting another because you got to get the next project rolling if you don't want to just stress out too much about the querying process. Yeah, and I've heard also that's just a good practice mm. for anyone who's concerned about sales or performance of one novel absolutely just get the next thing going and definitely that's the other part of like whether you're going to indie publish or query or whatever it's going to be like once it's done once it's in whatever you consider the final to be um you got to take off the writer hat and like with that project it's a business now you're selling it to either readers or a publisher or an agent or whatever 
And then, yeah, put your emotional investment into the uh, new project because otherwise <laughs> the rejection starts to really destroy your confidence. That's true. That's a good, um, I think, way of thinking about it is that shifting your emotional investment to the next thing. Because I feel like for myself, again, um, looking at my own experience, it was very, like, I had such high expectations about how that would be received, which then became very disheartening because I was still so fixated on that project. Whereas if you, you know, of course, still try to move that one, sell it, whatever that means, but start on something else. And then you can put your like hopes and dreams into that one so that it's like, that's cool. You rejected it. That's not my. Right. Something my... better is coming along. It's not. Yeah. Something I better. saw someone, a, a woman posted on Twitter the other day. She's like, I'm querying my novel, but I think I've, and I started like a, a new one, like they say to do. And I think I love this new story even more. Is that bad? And I was like, no, that's exactly what you want. You don't want to have this idea that this thing mm. you've created that you're now trying to sell to the world is the end all and be all. And you'll never create anything like it again. Cause that's going to just destroy. <laughs> that's going to put way too much pressure <laughs> on the process. It's going to destroy yeah. your ability to write anything new. Totally. So yeah, definitely put the business hat on the finished project yeah. and get your emotional writer brain into the new project. Yeah. I wish I would have learned that, but hindsight. Exactly. Yeah. Is there any other, you know, you've touched on a few things um, to give yourself permission to, by having uh, this intentionality of your project on a piece of paper mm -hmm. and also to start working on a new project as soon as the other one is yeah. done so that you're not so emotionally fragile. I mean, and is there is there any other like top advice that comes up a lot with your clients that you can share? I think the number one craft thing when we're looking at story is it seems like a lot of new writers and even some seasoned writers, the thing that's lacking or missing in their story the most is interiority and that connection to character in that like plot is great. You need a, a plot. Um, but no one reads a story for plot. Story is about character and that emotional connection. And if you don't <clears throat> feel a connection to a character, you're not going to be invested in the story. And the only way we can get that emotional connection to a character is through interiority. So even in genres that are very plot driven um, and, you know, you have explosions on every other page and that kind of stuff, there still has to be an understanding and relatability to the character. They don't have to be likable, um, <laughs> but there has to be something that a reader can connect to and it comes with interiority. And so I think that's where a lot of readers <clears throat> or a lot of writers struggle with is creating that connection and creating that interiority. So we understand the motivation and emotion of a character to carry the story. Cause that's what story is. It's character driven. It's not plot driven. Is there a resource that you suggest for people that are like, what does that even mean, Megan? <laughs> um, Story Genius by Lisa Cron. Okay. It's a great one for understanding 
emotionality and interiority. Her whole, the the third line through your story needs to be that emotional arc. Okay. And I think she, she's the, the queen of understanding because her whole, <clears throat> her whole platform and, and presence is about the psychology of story and understanding how we think about story and that emotional intellectual connection with character. So yeah, that would be my read that book. And then we talk. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I'm going to read that book for sure. Cause I'm also in that stage in my project. So thank you for that for me also. And there's <laughs> double thank you. Yeah. So where can people catch up with you? Um, so my website meganaclancy.com is where I mean it has all my services everything um with my coaching practice and I'm also um M Clancy author on Twitter and uh, Instagram and TikTok which is my new favorite little obsession slash <laughs> time suck but it's a great place um that I'm really enjoying building new community and and interacting with new people oh okay so, fun I'll have to check you out on the TikTok. On the TikTok. The talk. The clock (laughs) app. Clock app, yeah. Um, What kind of genre do you write in yourself? I personally write romance and women's fiction. Um, And so that is what I tend to coach just because that would be my suggestion for anyone um, looking for a book coach. whether you're mom or otherwise, um, look for a coach that does understand your genre just for, I mean, especially if you're at the end of your project and you're thinking about a coach that's going to help you pitch or query or whatever it is, understanding the market and everything. But it is very important to have a coach that understands the genre that you're writing in just so they know if you're meeting all those tick points throughout your story for that particular genre. Well, I do mostly coach women's fiction and and romance I say I coach love stories and to me that that crosses a lot of different genres just because a love story isn't necessarily just romantic it's you know you can have self-love familial love um, friendship platonic love all this kind of stuff <clears throat> so I am just a fan of stories that focus on hope and love and joy and the good things in life because right now we need more of those stories in this world Ah, adorable little closing line. Hey, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, even though you have a bit of a cold, but you're just and I am hearing mommy, mommy from the other room. So it's a good time to end up. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. I hope you found some useful nuggets from that interview. I myself definitely am going to be checking out that book as well as putting into practice some of the advice that Megan gave. So here are the top takeaways. Number one, if you are planning to do NaNoWriMo, get the planning done ahead of time. Premise, motivation, plot arc, all of the big things. Number two, why are you writing the story that you are writing? Post your intentionality somewhere so that it can help propel your writing process and guide you through scenes. Number three, if you have lost your spark, find your community. 
Number four, let go of mom guilt. Every moment of your day doesn't have to be focused on your kids. Number five, you can always find the time. Telling yourself that you can't is just an excuse and you need to just prioritize it. Number six, baby steps. If you are writing for the first time after not writing for a very long time, just start with half an hour and increase that incrementally as you see fit. Number seven, find out what parts of the day that are most productive for you and organize your writing around that. Number eight, after you've done a project, get the next one rolling so that you can put your emotional investment in that one. Number nine, don't forget to pull out the interiority or the third emotional arc of your manuscript because when it comes down to it, stories are all about connecting with characters. Thank you so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you could take a moment now to rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify. It helps me bring amazing speakers like Megan to you and also just lets me know whether or not this podcast is meaningful to you. I will talk to you next week and in the meantime, happy writing.